You're listening to the Boiled Sports Handsome Hour, sponsored by Martin Vintage. Visit martinvintage.com for an excellent selection of Purdue t-shirts. Enter Boiled at checkout and receive 20% off your order. martinvintage.com Yeah, you dive head first, first to on uh, second and third because you're trying to stay there. Because you're trying not, you can't overrun the base. Correct? Yeah, and you can use your hands to get in there. Ah! Fish sticks. Spills. Need some napkins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a. Welcome to the Boiled Sports Handsome Hour for uh, Pseudo Rivalry Week. Is this still a rivalry? Yeah, sure. Is Iowa? In our hearts, it's a rivalry. I think we uh, we have dubbed it the uh, Jack Daniels bottle for the <laughs> Kyle right. Jack Daniels bottle. <laughs> it's Jay and Anish with a uh, Handsome Hour, a Boiler Dadless Handsome Hour, um, which is good because you guys have had a couple uh, of goes without me, and I, uh, interestingly, get talked about more on the podcast I'm not on, or referred to more on the podcast I'm not on than the ones I am on. Yes. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So I think, though, that Purdue and Iowa, did we talk about this? We did talk about the Jack Daniels trophy, but I feel like they should just get to have Kyle Orton. The winner should just get Kyle for a year. I think that's a Oh, fair. interesting. <laughs> I've never thought about that. Take possession of Kyle. Huh. Right. Right, you it's carry him off the field over your head. It's like it's like the saddest custody battle. <laughs> Come on, we love Kyle. No, we're fighting for him. We want to win him. Yes. We're yes. fighting for him. We're fighting for our son, Kyle Orton. Our I, I, son that messes up frequently, but our son nevertheless. Still proud of him. Very. So we'll see. Scheduling Schedules being what they are, uh, this may not happen, but you're potentially going on a uh, podcast of a a rivalry, a rival site, yes. um, and um, go Iowa. You should, you, awesome. Yes, you should. You should see how they feel. They're a weird. They're an interesting program. Oh, right? I, I, yeah. I, like I think they'd be, uh, they'd be all into trading Kyle Orton if possible. But they, but well, I was going to say though, they win a lot. They're ranked again, um, and yet they have trouble beating Danny Hope and and ailing Jeff Brom teams. Are they? Um, are they defeated? Against Brom, two and zero and two. They are zero and two. How is that Brum. possible? <laughs> it's it's well. What's happened? I, is, I know. I, I lived it. You don't don't please don't don't answer this question. But well, like, I how it doesn't make any sense. Well, no. What I was going to say is is I find it interesting that they've been the what's the opposite of benefactor, the victim of both of Brom's. You know, when the season starts to make that turn. Right. Both times they looked like we're going to that game. We were like, oh, man, I, don't, I mean, it's good season, guys, but it's mm-hmm. Iowa. Yeah. You know, and and then, wow, look at that. And man, this is coming at a good time. I mean, it's another it is another perfect. I mean, we should probably talk about Minnesota first, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, what a difference a week makes. Right. If Oh, if my goodness. Purdue, if Purdue would have lost maryland or looked Ooh. listless against maryland minnesota i said earlier we shouldn't talk about never talk about minnesota ever again minnesota is six and zero and is going to be eight and zero 
and I'm going to Who smash my playing? head against the wall. Who are they playing the next two weeks? I don't think they play anyone ever. I get, think they just please get PJ Fleck out of here. No, um, he no. Hey, he's they're playing. Oh, this weekend on, on the Minnesota podcast. Uh, this weekend they are at Rutgers in, each, in the three thirty window. It's tough. Oh, of course. You have to. to. Um, Then next week. Nobody comes into Piscataway. (laughs) (laughs) Then next week, they're at home against Maryland. They're going to be 8-0. They're going to be 8-0. And then they host Penn State. So game day will probably be in Minneapolis for two 8-0 teams, which, hey, if you're 8-0, you've earned it. Penn State is getting game day this weekend for Ohio. No, no, no. no, no. Yes, but this game is in Minnesota. So I think Minnesota will get it. Maybe. Oh. Two eight and no teams? That'll be the game yeah. of the week. That'll be the game of the week. Uh, but then they finish at Iowa at Northwestern versus Wisconsin. So they Iowa, will come. We're hoping yeah, Iowa we're hoping you shape up after the Purdue loss. After the inevitable Purdue loss. But Maryland. But Maryland. If Purdue would have lost against Maryland, it would have just been that's it. You know, we would have been Oh yeah. It's like we would have been, been right. We would have been wrapped up for the season. I mean, like, there's nothing at this point. You get a lot of boo birds. You get attendance dipping. Even if they don't look inspiring, um, I think you see a lot of downward momentum. But the fact that they went out there, and I don't think they dominated Maryland, but they did like as close to dominating as you can. The ends. I think the final score was a. Um, I don't know, I, because I, sh- I shouldn't say that, because they, they were in complete and utter control the entire time. But you know what I mean? It wasn't like a thorough embarrassment. Um, it was just like Purdue. It was kind of like the older brother holding the little brother's mm-hmm. head as they're like kind of punching. It was like, you know, uh, it was never really in doubt. Um, and as Corey Trice was a huge part of that, right? That second interception or that yeah. first interception to go right into halftime, that puts it that kind of puts such a distance in between them that it was like you you don't think Maryland can really come back with their backup quarterback who's pretty good um but they they were dominating on the ground like they were doing well on the ground and they had to go away from it when they were down double digits mm-hmm. and that was it that was the game well and <laughs> let's so a couple quick things one Purdue's defense and Brom gave them a shout out in his post game comments that he knew were being recorded. They shut Maryland out in the second oh, half. That's out. really good. That's yeah. really good. Um, offensive line played just well enough. If the offensive line plays like that, you're going to have, I mean, like they get uh, Jack plenty of time. They gave uh, King Daru plenty of space. Um, they let, they, they didn't have a flawless game. But they were good enough, and that's all you need. You like you need that B minus well, kind of line, that performance. And if you do that, Brahms' offense has so much more space to work with. And related to that, Jack the snack, the snack. He let's talk about his numbers because one of the you talk about the line playing well enough, and I remember us saying this about the early games like the Vandy game um, when Sindelar was in there, them playing well enough is coupled with Purdue's offense getting rid of the ball. Right? Yeah. Quick, 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 quick stuff. Don't put too much pressure. Don't make them have to protect your quarterback for five, six, seven seconds. So if we look at, and, and even if you weren't watching, if you look at some of the numbers, Bryson Hopkins, 10 catches. That's your boy. Your right? boy with the, the career, with the night of his life, you know, or the afternoon of his life. David Bell, nine catches, 138, two touchdowns. Jackson Anthrop, who's 
this season has been like a even last year like a one catch a game kind of guy had eight catches for only 33 yards but he was an outlet he was a, he was he was that safety valve yes. yeah like he was somebody that gained a lot of trust this week with with jack the snack um i would also like to address this would you like to address this officially on the record we do hear you all of you who are objecting to jack the snack i would like to to let you know you are being heard your voices uh, have been heard on message boards all across, on comment sections, and Twitter replies all across uh, this great internet landscape of ours. We hear you, uh, and we are deeply considering uh, your uh, other options to change Jack's nickname. Uh, we're not going to do it because <laughs> you guys don't like Jack the Snack, and it only made your <laughs> your dislike of it. And uh, your insecurities only make us stronger. Your insecurities with maybe calling Jack Plummer a very handsome young man or somebody who enjoys snacks. I'm not entirely sure why, but I'm fine with it. It rhymes. Don't think too hard about it. Well, Jack the snack, Jack the snake, Jack the snack. It's fine. I, I think there's a. I think there's a little. People are missing the boat there on knowing who Jake the Snake was because, and that's fair because he played a long time ago and he was. Kind I'm not of gonna. It is not my job to explain. It is my job to do things that annoy people. So Jack the Snake is pretty much there forever. So we heard you, and we don't care. No, we don't. But we're we're reading your comments. And this is one of those times when this is an example of the tiny, tiny little bit of internet power. We have, and it is tiny, but there's a little bit of it, and it is an example of why we should not have any power at all. Mm. Oh, yeah, in any facet of our lives, no, in any we will abuse it and we'll do stupid things with it. Yeah, like that's right, Jack the Snack. Like, let me see what I can do here. Oh, look at that. We this is like, remember when that, when that, what was that, that British ship they put it up for a public naming vote, and it, and Bodie McBoatface is what won. Those are our people. That's it right yeah, there. That's it. That's, yeah. These are this is why we uh, are not in power. Yes. They would be our friends. Podium McBoatface. That's exactly <laughs> yes, snack. that falls into that falls exactly into my Venn diagram. You're right. <laughs> You're correct. Uh, Jack had the night I mean like or Jack had the game of his uh, young career kind of and so here's neat. one here's one thing that I was kind of concerned about that Behind this terrible piecemeal offensive line, um, you can ruin a quarterback's confidence forever. You know what I mean? You get the yips forever. Um, And he needed a performance like this, you know, sooner or later. And the fact that he got it against Maryland after going against his opening starts were TCU and Penn State. Like, that is rough, you know? And so um, it is what it's, you know, Tim War, I guess, you know, two of his three opening starts for TCU and Penn State. Um, no, no, the other one wasn't a start. Minnesota was, Elijah started it. Minnesota, Elijah started it. So yeah, yeah. Jack was, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's, it's rough. It, these are yeah. rough seas for yeah. him. And the fact that he got up against Maryland, not a bad pass rush. They've got a pretty decent pass, aggressive pass rush and was able to put up these numbers. It is such a confidence building game that it could be kind of a thing that saved him from that, you know, depths of the yips that he could have mm-hmm. fallen to. You know what I mean? I, I, I do know what you mean. And I, I love, <laughs> I love that. Like, and again, let, let, let's, let's go to that. I think we touched on this last week about how 
there are actually some people out there bitching and moaning about Brom <clears throat> and the fact that this team's going through a delayed rebuild, I think is what we basically called it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you think, when you question him, think about the, the, the lean years when Purdue actually had some talent at quarterback. Mm-hmm. And they would just cycle. They'd go to the next guy. <clears throat> and the chimera, think, well, maybe, I called it. Well, the maybe that's... What, monster. Well, maybe that's what we should do. Go to the next guy because he's talented too. And no one ever seemed... Because it was not a good system, was not a good coach, was not a good structure. Jack Plummer goes in there and in his third start... And the first two, he, I mean, every time he's played, he's not looked bad. He just hasn't, you know, he's been inexperienced. So he goes out and he goes 33 of 41 for 420 yards, three touchdowns, a 94.4 QBR. And I just find myself kind of giddy because it's like, yeah, we miss Elijah, but, but this is what Brom can do. This yeah, is this what is, he's yeah. capable of, of doing. Plummer's talented, but I don't think yeah. anybody thought 420 yards with no picks was, you know. For in Likely. his third start, you know, um, and so in, um, uh, it was funny when they were recruiting him, he was Brahms first quarterback offer, right? And he wasn't being heavily recruited. And then like he was being like uh, recruited by Purdue's peers, basically. And then Brahm offered him and he committed. And then all of a sudden everybody like came to attention because Brahm offered him and mm-hmm. he committed to Purdue. They were like, oh, it really? Okay. And it, that just kind of shows you that a lot of these, not for the top, because you can identify the top tier and even the top half of like the four stars. But once it gets below that, it's a crapshoot. Who mm-hmm. really knows? And so it really depends on the offers. It depends on which programs are looking at him, who's identified him. And the fact that everybody, including programs, because he got more offers after Purdue, after he committed to Purdue and Purdue uh, offered him the scholarship. um, It just shows you that like nobody really knows what they're doing in recruiting. There's just also why we don't write about it. It's (laughs) like, it's such a crapshoot. Well, you could even look at the next level. I mean, we could actually do a little bit of research, but we don't do that here. But if you, if you think about but think about some of the quarterbacks in the NFL in recent years, not even necessarily still active, but some of the colleges they went to, you know, mm-hmm. like Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Tony Romo, Kaepernick, um, I mean, even no, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, Russ, yeah, Russell right. Wilson, like, not, yeah, not like, like he was, you know, he had good years, but not like he was highly recruited. He was a great transfer, but Steve McNair, I know I'm going back a little ways, but like some of these guys, like, it's not like they're coming out of the SEC. You know, not all of them, not a lot of them. Tom Brady, backup at Michigan. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, so you're right, it is a capture, but I think that it, it depends on the kind of, you know, if you get to play for Jeff Brom or Leach or guys like that, you know. Uh, it, this it, is why it, wide receivers keep committing to Purdue, you know. <laughs> like speaking of recruiting that we don't talk about, once they recruit, once they're commits, it's fine. Then it's clear. Like, then we well, you you and I was saying this to someone else. You made a great point, I think, a few weeks ago, or maybe it was longer than that, when you said, if Rondell Moore hadn't come to Purdue, how would we be talking about David Bell, though? I mean... How excited would we be? Yeah. And yet, we're like, we are excited, but we're like, it, oh, he's just, flown under the radar as much as a guy like that can, right? I mean, like, and how how much more highly regarded would he be nationally if Rondell wasn't also at Purdue, because there. I, oh, he'll get there, but I don't think people can process the fact that Purdue has two of, let's say, the top 30 receivers in the country, top, right? Yeah, easily top 30. I, I mean, say. like, Rondell is one of the three best. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. 
And so, like, uh, Bell probably top 30, like, without even looking. So Bell it's already like, has it's... 438 yards receiving and three touchdowns in six I mean, games. Like, I I Not love bad. him. I think he is incredible. I think when Rondale comes back, um, I mean, they and when that wide receiver core is healthy, especially when the new freshman class, everybody in the new freshman class, because we've got a couple receivers coming in, um, comes in. The soft, the these freshmen turn into rising sophomores. Rondale's a junior. I think it's going to be the deepest wide receiver group in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's what you get when, you know, going back to your people are complaining about Jeff Brom, at least before this week. Um, and if, if Purdue would have lost um, to Maryland, I do think it would have been a lot louder. But like that's why these players keep committing to this offensive system is because there is a foundation being built and because you know that there is something there are uh, there there's a real genius going into planning the offense and mm-hmm. a real stability into the offense and so it's like those are things you don't have to worry about as a recruit um like this is why you get four star high four star commits um, big name four star commits when the receiving core is this deep because they still know, hey, they're going to get me my like everybody's getting theirs. Everybody's going to eat. And if everybody eats like it's it's not a competition type thing. It's right. an all, it's a rising tide, you know, raising all boats thing. I was just going to say something about um, you talk about letting guys eat. I want Bryson Hopkins to eat because he's yeah, that's a senior. Your boy. That's your boy. You love Bryson Hopkins. That's your me. Boy. Yeah, Bryce you, love Bryce, you love I do. Bryce. I do, but no, no. You, are you thinking of um I think you may be mistaking him for um who's the one who graduated last year? Why am I blanking on early? I don't know. Time? I thought you I thought you were in a I do like Hopkins early. I thought you bought early stock, but I, I, I didn't about the other you know. Well, because Bryson Hopkins is such a nice big target and he catches the ball and oh, it's really nice. it's like for a safety valve i'm saying he's just such a nice thing to have having a big pass catching tight end is such a nice thing rondell moore is wonderful but you still gotta throw the ball well you have to hit him yep, in stride space for him i mean yeah. so the offensive line giving a little bit more time opens it up for hopkins um and to an extent anthrop um, those short, quick passes that opens up the field for uh, David Bell and the threat of both Bell and Hopkins and Anthrop opens up the field for uh, King Daru, regardless, like even with this mediocre offensive line. So it's like it is like re- it's like cyc- it's cyclical it kind of fee- everything feeds into the other, you know, it feeds into the next thing. It opens up the um opens up the field for the next level. And it all starts with the fact that the offensive line went from a D minus or F really. The Penn State game was 10 <laughs> 10 sacks. You can't really grade it any other way than an F even though Penn State is great. To now like a B minus and a B minus effort gets you a B minus performance, not effort. A B minus performance opens up the field in like just it pays off so well. So the one I thought you meant was Cole Herdman. I thought that's who you thought I was a huge fan of. But no, no Bryson, I like. Hopkins no, I think too. you you were a, you're a big Bryson Hopkins champion. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> now, uh, I all I have to say is that I ha- I have. All of the beach front property on Rondell Moore and David okay. Bell. So I'm fine with it. It's yes, cool. I'm yes. making, I'm you were ahead of the curve on Rondell Moore. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Right when he when he spurned that Alabama hat, you were like, you know what? I think this. Guy's I think good. this guy's got something. Guy, keep your eye like, on him. When he's got three hundred yards and a half against <laughs> Northwestern, you know this guy. He's okay. Buy on him. Buy. Buy. Buy low. Buy. Yeah, you're like Stephen A. with the um, bold predictions, right? <laughs> yeah, now. exactly. Yeah, I think this guy's going to be something. I don't, I don't do a very good Stephen A. Um, speaking of Purdue football, uh, looking good this past week. Man, were those uniforms gorgeous. I think that they're the best alternate jerseys. Like, you know, I'm still a sucker for the gold pants, black jerseys. Well, now, they're not alternates. Those those are their white jerseys just with the patch, aren't they? Those, I don't know. I don't no, I know. think those are their whites. But they had the helmets and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when you said jersey, I was just being very literal. Sure. The jerseys, I think, are their usual white jerseys. We don't see that often. We don't often see them with the white pants. And I'd like to point out, and I know we don't have Boiler Dad on for this week, there was an all-white look that Purdue did really well in. And that's I, traditionally I, not been the case. Yeah, I mean, you called it the white flag you know, jerseys <laughs> under under. I don't Hazel. think I'm getting a lot of things attributed to me. I don't believe I said anything. Maybe what? It, maybe it was Dowd because he's the Jersey guy. He's but obsessed it, it was, with the white was, look being bad. It was called the white flag jerseys. It was just waving the white flag. Do oh, you think? Here are the all whites. That's it. it we're usually, done. Because they usually bring them out like at Michigan or something, and you're like, this is good. They're going to be all grass stained from getting <laughs> just dragged down the field. So here's a thought. People loved them. They looked great. It's just still... wear them forever. <laughs> Is that your thought? I Did I spoil it? There, no. That's I like that too, though. I was gonna say, do you save these and wear them against IU? Bring them back yeah, out against no, IU I and do... say, IU, come in your all reds. Let's do this again. We just did we it this should, weekend. We should wear those exclusively on the road. For eternity. That's it. And then <laughs> the for road. the big, for the for the yeah, that's it. And we schedule should... your CF. And yeah, sure. wear those helmets at UCF. Yeah. In your face. They I know you guys it. invented the moon. I yeah, know. They did, you know. Discovered I mean, it. I read the patent and it's the, I look I compared Property the dates. Though. Exactly. And and UCF. My was, favorite part of that, and I wasn't on last week to to join you boys and to talk about that. One of my favorite there's a lot of favorite parts of that, but I loved the number of people saying it was founded in nineteen sixty-eight. Regarding moon exploration, yeah, yeah. When Purdue was sending people to the moon, Dude, yes, we got yeah. a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's you know you're late. It's cool. You guys are nice. Glad you guys are doing it. Yeah, we appreciate the effort. It's fun. It's fun. It's it's one of the many disciplines you can study at Purdue. Did your lights go out? You're you're suddenly very dark, darker than usual. Well, thank you. <laughs> Um, so wear them forever. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have much more to add to that, except that that was again, and just the all black. I'm also a sucker for the all blacks with the chrome, <laughs> the gold chrome domes. You love that chrome. I on all love, black. I love it. Um, but yeah, no, I think we go all black. All whites are, yeah. But you, honestly, my favorite Purdue Jersey is still just the gold pants, black Jersey. The traditional. Like, it's numbers. Just, and the yes. good gold too. Like when it's the, when the pants are the good gold, like oh, it is just so good. And which helmet is your favorite? Um, Traditional gold? No, I would have to look. Honestly, I'm I yeah, probably the gold with the black the gold black gold kind of. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, that that's, never goes out of style. That's a, that's <clears> a <throat> classic look. It's such a great look. And 
I, though, you were saying you like the all black with the chrome lids. I do like that, but if you're going to go all black, you just wear the black helmet. The only problem with the black helmet is that it's from the Hazel era. And I'm I'm actually kind of surprised. No, it matters. I'm surprised that exists because everything else with the uniforms is Brom specific. There's nothing. He changed the P decals a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. We've got the matte gold, the chrome gold, the this white one now, and... I don't know. I, I, I mean, the chrome is kind of his signature absolutely. Right, that he brought from the Western Kentucky. Right. But like yeah. um, it's kind of like he like he loves that. He seems to love that look. So I don't know. I, wasn't I love the rumor the that the wasn't the rumor that these are the chrome ones. What do you mean? Painted? The white oh, ones. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the, the, the helmets they wore this week, uh, Foreman confirmed this. They did not buy new helmets for all those people concerned that Purdue's spending too much money. He's concerned about... (laughs) One guy. Just a guy. One guy. A guy. I'm talking to you. Are you really concerned? 2019. Oh my gosh. Like, who is concerned about the pockets of multi-billion dollar organizations? Multi-million dollar organizations. The buzz it created and and the interest and the publicity. Do you think that's worth anything? I don't know. I'm not a math guy. I'm it's not, a not my company. What do I care? No, no, no. I want cool my things to be done. Is, no, I know. I know. I know. The I people know. claiming money's being spent it's, are they are they ignoring the money that's coming in? Do they? Insane. It's just utterly insane. It, but get get. <sighs> it's yeah. What are you looking for things to complain about? Like really, they're playing in a 90 year old stadium. <laughs> 95 years old, I think. It's really old. Wasn't it like 1923 or something? Sure. Ross Aid is really old. Like, we should think about think some of these about things. moving it. Well, we should just we should consider it. Like, not you know, just plan, just put the plans out, just get a, just get yeah. some, yeah, just get some estimates. It's like doing a renovation on your house. Just get some estimates. Shop around. If you're going that far, you just new stadium. Yeah, it's, it's the thing to do these days. You're, you know. Some teams do it after twenty years. I think. I think ninety-five. I think you've earned the right to have a new stadium. And how many ACL injuries? Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, because everyone's now thinking this, and uh, we may, we may need to pull the audio. I believe you pulled Boiler Dad's audio. I did last week. We may need to pull the audio when he asked us to come up with our big predictions a couple weeks ago. Oh, nice. yeah. And I, and I said, well, if I have to make one. Now, let me read off the remaining schedule to mm-hmm. you and tell me if you can see four wins here mm-hmm. at Iowa versus Illinois versus Nebraska at Northwestern at Wisconsin versus Indiana. To me, the only game that you really maybe Sharpie and loss is is at Wisconsin. That's very I, difficult. You can you do not just Sharpie it. Laminate is, it. <laughs> Laminate it and yeah. just notarize it you know how don't even um, it, send the first team in castaway when he put oh, those big logs to help on the beach <laughs> <laughs> that's wisconsin and played at wisconsin and this wisconsin team i mean like i got a couple things right in the preseason with my predictions the one thing i got super wrong was oh there's no there's no great team in the west there's no no, no team looks really good either way. You know who looks unstoppable? <laughs> Do you know they've got four shutouts? It's dumb. 
Wisconsin's really good. Four shutouts, Anish. They've given up 29 points on the season. You know, Ohio State is very good. I actually think Penn State is better than Ohio State, but will that'll be a great game. I think those two teams and uh, Wisconsin are so much better than Michigan. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, I oh, think yeah. that top three of the Big Ten is so much better than number four. Mm-hmm. And I think Wisconsin belongs in that upper tier. So yeah, just yeah, uh, cast, away, <laughs> cast away, cast well, away sign that Wisconsin. Since it's but to your question, yeah. do I see four wins? I don't not see four wins. That's that's sure. <laughs> well, they're two and four halfway through the season, and you said all you want a nice little four win season. No, nobody plucking at Brom. You're halfway there, man. Same same kind of second half, and they're four and eight, and you're the, happy. The, the other thing that I wanted is I wanted I wanted four players to make it out alive, which is Barnes, uh, uh, Rondale, or I mean, uh, uh, Bell, and now Walmart. Jack. And yes. yeah, who's the last um, one? I don't know. Probably someone who's hurt. Yeah. Um, just just to close the uh, before we'll talk more about Wisconsin probably in a couple of weeks, but. Just a, a little bow on that conversation. So their four shutout wins are 49-0, 61-0, 48-0, and last week, 38-0 against Michigan State. And this week, they play Illinois. Oh, <laughs> oh, love you know, they might look, they, they might be looking the next week. You know, they might be oh, looking yeah. into they, the beginning. They can. So they, they might can. allow seven points. I don't know if they will. They didn't allow a point to Michigan State. That's, That's nuts. Uh, yeah. Uh, nuts. <laughs> Just nuts. Wisconsin, apologies, Paul Christ. I did not think that he was. I and I'm still not convinced. But man, that this this season, his uh, coaching performance is is incredible. And also Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, uh, I respect you, sir. Please oh. do not listen to this podcast and think that I disrespect you in any way possible. Uh, I am utterly terrified. So really, I want five wins going into the Wisconsin game. Because... You just want, you want five wins versus Nebraska. That's all you want. Like if all five wins from now, <laughs> if we could play Nebraska five. Oh, times. I want a big bite of Scott Frost. That's my birthday weekend. It's at home. It's it's actually on my mom's birthday. So there's lots of reasons Purdue should win that game. It's beautiful. Is, is, is what I'm so saying. The, but the problem with the Nevada loss is that. It bought no room for you know room for error. Like this is it. Um, do I see four wins? Sure, Illinois, Nebraska, Northwestern, Indiana, fine. But that means that you can't slip up at Northwestern. At Northwestern's a really hard game. Oh, yeah. You can't slip up at home against Indiana. You can't slip up at home against uh, Nebraska. But here's the thing: if they get to here, there are things now with this Brom coaching staff that I am confident in. And, and, and just I feel better about than I used to. And I feel like if they have five wins going into a home bucket game, they're going to win that game or yeah, die trying. Yeah. Or it's going to yeah. be an unbelievably fun afternoon either way. Yeah. But yeah. that I don't have any doubt about. I completely agree with you about Northwestern. If we go to that game now, the matchup predictor has Purdue as only a 38% chance against a one in four struggling Northwestern. But they're right because Northwestern will be loaded up because they're mm-hmm. going to try to, they need some wins. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but if Purdue's going to eat them, it's got to happen soon. 
Doesn't it? I mean, that's what I was worried about with the Maryland game, which is that you're worried when the other team also sees you on the schedule and is like, we need that win. You know? like the old cartoon where you turn into it like a chicken. <laughs> You're like a roast turkey on this. Yeah, exactly. Mm, look so it's like today. both of you are staring at roast turkeys. Each other, you stare at each other's roast chickens. And Purdue came out on top, and that's great. Um, and that saves Purdue's season, and it doesn't ruin Maryland. So I, you know, I think it, you know, Purdue needed this game more, and that's why they kind of came out with some extra pop. They're kind of doing exactly what you were asking for, though. I'll go back to that again. Like. Yeah. You're okay with them not making a bowl this year, no. and but but providing you some fun along the way. Give and there me, you go. Give me a fun season. If that they don't fun. make a bowl, I don't. If they make a bowl, good lord, is Jeff Brom a good coach? I mean, like, I don't want to hear one single word from any of oh, you. Oh, but you will, Nish, because they'll be like three straight six and six seasons. Yes. Did you? Were you here were for you the here nine the wins over forty nine games? In just. An incredible amount of futility, and we wrote about every single one oh, of those games. God. Every single one. <sighs> I started in 2013, so I started with, with thin Matt Painter, and, and you came with, in right. You you were coming to write about basketball, and somehow you ended up having to write about football too. You're like, this isn't yeah, this wasn't the agreement. Guys, you guys were done writing about the Hazel teams in 2013, the second half of 2013. <laughs> And well, we had four, three more years of that. So it's like, if if Brom gets Purdue to a bowl game this year, with this schedule left, which actually isn't terrible, but it doesn't <laughs> allow for it doesn't allow for any room for error. Um, it, it'll be it'll be incredible. If he gets to five wins, I will be happy. Uh, sure, five wins in a bucket, and I'm thrilled. You know, like Jack and, you know, Jack and and um, Barnes and Bell make it out healthy. That's that's all I need. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to uh, see what the uh, Twitter machine saying? I do. Oh, Karloftis. Good Lord. That's, oh. the, that's the fourth one. Good yes. Lord. Yes. Georgie, please man-child. make it out alive. Please oh. make it out alive. Georgie, you are beautiful. Uh, I, I have not, I mean, honestly, Bell is really good, but like, and Rondale's is probably the only season that stacks up to this, but like, since when does a freshman on defense come in and just look so dominant? I just, when he's like a junior, it's going to be like one of those scenes where the Hulk is like running through, tossing people left and right. It's just, it's incredible. I we thought that he would get two years with his brother if he came here, like if Yanni came here. But I don't, I don't know. Like I think George is gone. You think George is gone after? Two? I don't know. Defensive no, end, no three. But defensive ends, it's a weird. You know, you might need a little. You might need that year of bulk for wide receivers, like Bell, like Rondell. Three years might be good, but um, I don't know. I, I those are the four I want out this season alive. We end up with five wins. Jack, George, Barnes, and Bell out alive. I am through and the bucket. I'm over the moon. Let's toss a bowl in there. Just uh, for kicks. Well, I mean, if we, you know, if we win at Northwestern or something like that, I would also well, so or at Iowa, I would also take Mike Pugh Fall Cities is one of our first uh, questions up. He says, given how Nebraska and Northwestern have looked, is there still a chance for a Detroit Bowl? So I think we've sort of said, yeah, there's a yeah. chance. There's Ooh, a chance. if we make it to a Detroit Bowl, that is. 
But what he said, he added here, and I'm not sure what he's referring to. He says, by the way, still irritated by a niche and Bullet yes. Sports bourbon question response last week. Now I listened, and I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying he's to not a fan of the Angels, Envy. He wants us to, to talk about Mr. Forrester uh, and uh, that whole line. Old Forrester's pretty good. Old Forrester's good. I, listen, among the oh, best value bourbons... I did listen get. to this. Yes. he. Ha- someone asked you what bourbon you would want to drink, and you gave a rye as an answer. Yeah. Because, yeah. Well, fine. Not quite the same. I don't care. Yeah, all all bourbon is whiskey, but not all rye is bourbon. I don't care. I would, I'm choosing <laughs> I will answer this. the question however I... I will answer. I am cho- it's like the presidential debates. Right. I'm not going to answer the question you right. ask me. I'm going to answer the question that I want me to answer. <laughs> if you can only have one bourbon, what would it be? Cheeseburgers. Yeah. How are you doing it today? Yeah, I got we we have that question where where we were asked about grilled meats at tailgates, and I started talking about cookies. I got carried away, <laughs> and you have to have cookies. I think they're critical. I have cookies and chips and dip. I'm sorry. I, I love I love tailgate food, man. I'm sorry. I got um, oh, that was another thing. You're talking about your Penn State experience, and instead of just talking about this glorious experience and owning up to what you your one percent life you were leading, right. you said it was my life. Yes. Yeah. No, it is your life. This is how you, I didn't helicopter in and out, but I did everything else that you usually do when you attend football games. <laughs> I was trying, I thought you meant metaphorically helicopter in and out, but no, you meant literally. No, I meant, I meant like, yeah, I did. Yeah. Don't no take a helicopter people. No, you're right. You only did it a couple times. <laughs> I've there's been a lot of bringing up the fact that I disappeared from the game a couple times too, which which like you were not gonna get yeah that was funny, but I needed to I was bad game come on I don't one... think you I don't think you realized you left after the run the two double injuries yes played. I did that's why I walked out oh man I walked all over the place I was eating <laughs> I'm like I need to sober up because I'm not having fun anymore <clears throat> um. Uh, what Patrick Pence asks, what is your vision for the South end zone? And, um, we should, I should, uh, point Patrick to, we, we you're holding your head. Like you don't Just want to something talk not embarrassing. Well, there was a rendering that we then gave a lot of, um, publicity to yeah. that someone did that was brilliant Just and it was beautiful. It was like a hall of fame. It was like, there was, like, it was a, like, it was, it was, you know, well, all glass bringing it in, but no, they used brick. Yeah. Wire, it, on the and, inside, and they had a train on top of it yeah. and they had a tunnel for the players to run out of like a train tunnel. It was brilliant. And I'll dig that up and I will um, link that somewhere because it was a great rendering. And I, I hope we, in that post credited who did it because it was really, really good. And More it's boxes would be great. Um, be, now that I've got a taste of that, now that I've got a little sweet I was just going to say, look at you life. advocating for the rich people. Oh, yeah, that Any 1%. More sweets available? You know, what's, you know what's great? Having morals until you get into an oil baron suite, and then you're like, you know, is the cup. Yeah, really you know, cheap. a tax break isn't the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this guy, you know, he's got all these expenses. Look at all the people he's hosting in here. Exactly. Listen, it's a tough It doesn't pay for itself. Um, no, I, a cool design, just something not embarrassing, especially now that Purdue has alcohol sold all over the stadium. Like it used to be that Morgantown was the only place you could get right. beer because more they were like, I'm sorry, we know this is embarrassing. 
like it was almost like a tacit admission that this was just a this was a, a, a Big Ten team should not have what Morgantown turned into. Um, so just a, a structure would be nice. Just foundation. Not, not <laughs> some, asking a lot. Some steel beams, maybe. I don't know. Um, Kevin Spry asks a quick one. What is wrong with the people who are not full in on Jack the Snag? That's a great question. I don't get it. Um, I refuse to bend. I am not. We're not changing it. No. I am now going to try to include the phrase Jack the Snack in every headline I write. <laughs> even if it's As about basketball. Uh, Sam Kapinski, Sammy Boilermaker, um, says... Please talk about Carson for 85 minutes. Thanks. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so they want you to rein it in to only 85 minutes. I was going to say, like, I don't know if I can, you know, I have a couple of topics and they'll last about, you know, 200 minutes. And so you want me to do less. Uh, we told you, we've been trying to tell you, we knew from the instant that Carson is preseason, that biggie year. When we were like, this is the guy, we know this is the guy, he turned out to be the guy, and then the NBA turns into exactly his league, and we were like, why are you all, why are you passing on him? Because he's a couple inches shorter than he's supposed to be? Yes, that's why. You know that, I mean, if he was two inches taller, he's a lottery pick. Yes, especially after that tournament. We were saying that two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like we were saying, oh, this guy might be special in the preseason of his freshman year. And then like 10 games into his freshman year, we were like, oh, he's leading us to a final four. Great. And then he basically did what? Like, he's the guy. Mm-hmm. We don't, all, all of a sudden, Boston fans are going to be like, oh, this Carson guy after they've chanting Taco Fall's name. Ridiculous. All the it's fun to see all the NBA Twitter like legit NBA Twitter people too, being like, "Oh man, look at this guy! Who knew?" Yeah, uh, over here, I did. Even Brad was like, even Brad Stevens was like, "I've never seen anything like him." I'm like, Brad, did you watch the Elite Eight game? Did you watch us beat? That Nova? was still pretty insane, though. What he did, uh, it was great. It was great. Uh, what was it? Eight or nine three pointers in the um, you know six minutes that he played. He when he gets hot, it's amazing. He's and he's it's a... not like, and he's going to be able to do that. He is one of those players, that even if he doesn't end up being a starter, because of his size, because of whatever, he is the kind of player that will win you a playoff game. Oh yeah, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. those are the players you pay. Those are the players you need to have on your team. They're either players like Etwan Moore who will win you, like who will be the reason that who will win you basically five regular season games just because he's so consistent and such a reliable uh, player on before the Anthony Davis trade, a shallow team, or it's a player like Carson uh, Edwards, who is like going to just peak so hot that it's, he'll win you a couple games when things really matter. So we were trying to tell you, we've been trying to tell everybody three years ago, like, Come on, we know. <laughs> that's my Carson rant of the day. I, well, I think that's really good. You know, before we we pivot off that, Sam Gapinski, who goes by Sammy Boilermaker on Twitter, um, is the, the profile picture is a couple. It's a young man and a young woman 
but the name Sam Gapinski has a parentheses Callahan after it. So I'm thinking that's the young lady, perhaps. Sure. That's her. She's right. A so good assumption. <clears throat> so All of these says, are good logic. Well, the reason I'm bringing, she says in her profile, because I want to get to know Sam now. I once won an eating contest, 22 hard-boiled eggs in eight minutes. Worst, best day of my life. Do not want to be around a person that has eaten 22 hard-boiled eggs that day. Is that like a gassy thing? If you, yes. If you give me the option of guy or gal who has eaten 22 hard-boiled eggs or guy or gal who has not eaten 22 hard-boiled eggs to ride an elevator with, I will choose <laughs> the one without the hard-boiled egg stomach. Uh, uh, 22 this, doesn't sound that it doesn't sound impossible let's put it that way i can you think this. you could do 23 well what did she say hold on let me look here eight could minutes you? is the trick though eight minutes is hard i could eat 23 eggs in a day without a problem i but mean yeah eight minutes eight it's not see that's not like hot dog eating contest or pizza or something right where it doesn't fit in your stomach the eggs will fit in there the trick there is eating the yolks in eight minutes because they're so chalky, right? There's probably no water because usually there's a rule like that when you're doing something like that because it makes it too easy. <clears throat> but maybe I, I could you eat? Uh, so the the texture of the yolk is your issue. So what did she say? 23? 22. 22. Eggs could you eat 44 deviled eggs? I don't like deviled eggs. Are you what kind of a communist? Our boiled eggs, I like. I like eggs every way except deviled and poached. I'll eat eggs any other way. You don't do like a Benedict? You're not a Benedict guy? No. What is wrong with you? A lot of work. And I'm all for making breakfast, but that's a lot of work. No, but like if you saw it on a menu, you wouldn't order no. a Benedict? No. I'd want an omelet. Pour a lot of shit in the middle of it. so good. Or a wrap with hot sauce. Disgust me. The stuff I promised to make you guys. You did. Game. And I made the bait. We made the bacon this weekend. It was thick and fatty bacon. It would have fit in really well with that. <laughs> I like weekend. that you're still eating the food from our tailgate from three <laughs> weeks ago. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> we bought so much food. So um, I'm going to jump around to a couple different topics because there's, there's some there's some good there's some good questions here. Um, uh, what was I going to? I just scrolled and made that mistake. Oh, so Miles Hanley asks... What's the most wide receivers you think we'll see on the field in a given play next year? Now, I don't know that you can line up more than five wideouts. So I don't think you can have... Now, maybe his point is, could you put one in the backfield? And I suppose you could. And why not? I'm all but for could, a seven. Could Rondale be in the background or in the backfield? Like, Hells that would be yeah. Dumb. And then you have, like... Then what do right, you do if you're a defense? You have Bell, cover all right, receivers. Rice... Then what, like I have a Sheffield. linebacker spying on Rondell? Yeah. Bell, Wright, Rice, Sheffield, uh, 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 Anthrop, and then Rondale in the backfield. Yeah, that would be dumb. <laughs> so, fun. <laughs> oh, so fun. And then it'd be like a quarterback sneak, and Jake would just take off. Um, that, that's an interesting one. But, yeah, I, I think that's um, – oh, okay. So, Brad Eban. Brad Eban. Brad Eban. I don't know. We're going to go with Brad. Brad, he's got two questions. We're going to go with the first one here, and then because the other one's going to be an interesting conversation that we may need to bring back Boiler Dad for. So the first one, non-sports related, can you throw out some under-the-radar streaming show recommendations? Maybe throw in your favorite shows of all time while you're at it. I mean, you and I could probably sit in a room for a weekend and watch The West Wing oh. and make jokes 
Yes. Like the entire weekend. West Wing is simultaneously amazing television and great, very watchable, and also something so Sorkin-esque. That you, you can watch. make fun of it oh. so easily. Man. And I, but I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. Oh, absolutely. But you can, al- but you can also make fun of it. Just, there's so, so many easy. things. Oh. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, Scrub, uh, Scrubs is on Hulu, and Scrubs is, is, might actually be my favorite TV show. It's a great show. It was I, really good. And it's, I feel like it's so, nobody, either people haven't heard of Scrubs, or they are diehards for it. <laughs> Right, you know there's no I mean? casual watchers. Well, it's not. It doesn't and seem to be a syndicated. Like, you don't well, see it the way you so see Friends. It's on Hulu, which is Does like. I mean, it can't be. Uh, I mean, it's on, who has Hulu? These well, days? I just mean it's not like you could turn on the TV and see it on TNT every night or whatever, no, like you can with Friends not, and Seinfeld. When I was in college, was, the series was wrapping up, so it was still on TV. Right. Um, and so. Wait, no, yeah, maybe it was after I graduated, but like it was still on TV, so they were doing the reruns then. But I haven't seen it on TV um, now. It's just on that. I honest, okay. So I've never seen The Wire. So um, oh, I'm you and I. I bet, no, no, you and I are aligned because I just got so much abuse from someone for not having ever watched The Wire. So I'm banging through it right now. I just finished season three, and um, I regret to inform you, everybody is correct. The Wire is incredible. It's one of the best TV shows I've ever watched. It's so good. I, you know, I hate it when everybody's right. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on this one. It's so good. So I'm, yeah, my current watch right now. So, I mean, the answer is Scrubs and West Wing are my favorite shows. But right now I'm banging through The Wire and I'm on season four, which I'm told is the best season. So Really? Yeah. I actually had the, a coworker harassing me for not having watched it. And I forget the analogy he used, but it was something along the lines of like, you know, the first season, a little slow, and it's like you need to get through those first couple, you know, like, I forget the analogy, but he made it sound like, I'm like, that doesn't sound, I don't want to no, have to, like, get through no, something. No, the first season is great. The second season, you're like, what is this nonsense? And then, like, halfway through, you're like, wow. Like, halfway through, you're either, like, kind of impatient and trying to just get to season three because everybody tells you how great season three is, um, or you're like, holy cow, this writing staff like just gets it like this writing staff was on one like they got it and uh yeah i regret to inform you the masses are correct <laughs> Bad. um so all-time favorite shows like I, I mean i agree with you west wings on there scrubs is very good i don't know if it would have made my list but I, I really like that show um seinfeld i'm a little older than you that was no, I, I yeah i, I, I watched seinfeld brilliant. a ton it's kind mean, of got, it's gotten stale for me now because I've watched it so many times, many and times. it's also, and it gets a little old. I don't know, like for me, it got a little old. But uh, you know, I could sit down and watch some Seinfeld. I just think it was so creative. Oh yeah. Um, in terms of a sitcom that was literally like no other sitcom ever before or since. That's the amazing it. thing. Like, you know, things like The Office were somewhat unique, but now that single camera thing has gotten yeah. a little more common. Um, so, I would say. Trying to think of what like combines with some streaming options, but like my all-time favorite shows probably include Justified. Um, I really I liked. Saw. You never saw Justified? No, I never saw. Yeah. Um, Twenty Four early on, it got a little ridiculous, but Twenty Four was really. That's another one where I I'm into funky like concepts. Like I really liked the Twenty Four was literally done in real time. Although 
that's another one that's fun to make fun of because yeah. there are little misses where they come back from commercial and they're in a totally different part of the city. And it's like, yeah. That happened in it's three like... minutes. It's not possible. <laughs> Nobody um, ever pees. The um, Just watch season one. But season one of Heroes. Do you remember Heroes? I remember Heroes. I didn't watch it. Season one of Heroes might be the greatest single season of television anybody has ever created. <laughs> season two through whatever they did is among the like most abominable television shows that you could ever watch. I season two was during that writer's strike, you remember? Oh, yes. And things did not recover afterwards. And they just kept making shows. And I kept watching them and making fun of them. But season one is tremendous. Ooh, I watch Better Call Saul. That's like one of my favorite shows right now. How about um, Breaking Bad follow up? How about Veep? Oh, I I love Veep. I man I, Julia Louis Dreyfus is incredible. So let me give so oh and I'll give you two streaming. Great. Just go get HBO. Just get HBO is what. Well, we're let me to. give you two streaming suggestions um, to Brad. Uh, one is Bosch on Amazon. It's based on the the novels. Um, <clears throat> Chris Bosch's life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, excellent, excellent show. That if you like, you know, crime drama kind of shows, you will be drawn in. It's very, very good. Um, and here's one that I don't know if you and I talked about Black Monday. So oh, no, I don't Don know. Cheadle. Um, oh yeah, you were telling me about it's freaking great. It's the year leading up to the stock market crash in 1987, but it's a comedy and it's set in 1987. And every episode shows how many days there are until Black Monday, and everybody's casually doing cocaine. There's all these references to hilarious 80s references. Like at one point they're talking about how their company's going to get get much better, and he goes, "We're going to go from being the Yankees to the Mets overnight because the Mets were good in the 80s and the Yankees weren't." It was great. So that Black Monday and Bosch are two streaming oh. options. I would say I call Black Monday streaming because it's out there streaming, but I guess it's yeah. technically HBO or Showtime or Showtime Showtime. It just it, don't be a cheapo is what we're trying to say. Oh, and if you're not watching uh, The Good Place, then like yeah yeah really? have you seen it yeah have you seen that no you should watch that with your family it is like it honestly it's like it's like the i don't watch that kind of sitcom and it's it's like the best one that i've ever seen like it's so good um and it, yeah it's great and ted danson i mean come on ted danson heck yeah cheers man there's another great show but more more of its era though um I'm going to get back to Brad's other question later because I think it's a good one to close on. Okay. <laughs> um, so quick one here. This Maybe this isn't a quick one. Eric, the Savage Boiler, says, Doomsday scenario and Brahm actually leaves, which I don't think he'd ever think is going to happen. He says, who replaces him? That's hard. Doom, doomsday scenario? Um, no, he's saying he, Doomsday and Brahm oh, leaves. Oh, and Brahm leaves? Him? I wanted, um, if he would have done it this year, I was pretty positive that Holgerson would have been the one. Um, it would have fit the, uh, the roster, the air raid or the, you know, air raid would have been a nice successor to what Brahms offense was the Schnellenberger offense. Um, yeah, I, I think it would have been a coach like, or if not exactly Dan Holgerson, cause he, he left, when did he leave for Houston? Like pretty this late. Two. This is, Oh, 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 when did he leave? No, it's year one. This is year one. It is? Yeah. So that's why I was, you know, and I think he left like really late in the cycle. I think you're right. Yeah. Because we were looking at Neil Brown. You're right. Look at that. 
who ended up at West Virginia, but I think Holgerson would have come over to Purdue. Now, he stayed in Power Five, and that's who it, I saw. A coach like that, Mike Leach, <clears throat> is a name. Gosh, that'd be so fucking fun. Final. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, I got a name for you, and and let's be clear: the Bold Sports Coach Coaching Selection oh, Committee will reconvene if that day ever comes, and yeah. we'll give you a very thoughtful answer. But as name, we did for Jeff Brom, of course. By the way, a name that was. Always bandied about by our coaching search firm, both sports coaching search firm. I don't know. I didn't mean to better name for it. Um, who's doing great things down at SMU? Old Sonny mm. Dykes. Oh, old man. Sonny Dykes. Six and oh. He's going to have a good year at SMU, He's and gonna... it's SMU. Come on back. Come on back. That's, to the a, big time. that's who you guys wanted in 13. Yes. Right? Like when he went to Cal. Yes. And I think that would have been a great one. He's another one where I think he's another air raid guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's another one from the leech tree. Um, uh, I would still take him. I, He'd fit perfectly at Purdue. He's yeah. making SMU good. SMU has been good since they got the death penalty. It's yeah. literally. No, the first... I, mean, <laughs> I know he would never leave, but Dino Babers is like my. Oh, I'd love to. I wouldn't yeah. say he'd never leave. Why would you say that? Because Syracuse to Purdue, you're kind of that's kind of a lateral thing for somebody like him who could be. I think Bomb is changing it, but you're yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. You don't think yeah. he'd ever leave for Purdue? I think he'll exactly. leave Syracuse, but yeah. Yes, but not you know if he leaves Syracuse, it's going to be for uh you know if Penn State ever opens up or something like that. Like I, I think he's that level of coach. If Michigan opens up, if if you know mm-hmm. he's a, he's a great coach. Flying Finn tells us just three minutes ago. Just talk about Corey Trice. We did that. Great job. Just Trice. so good. Say, uh, so Sam watched the game. My wife watched the game with me um, for like another diehard football fan, diehard Purdue fan um, for the first like two minutes of the game. And like on special teams, she was like, "That who's that? He's my new favorite player on the team. And that was Corey Trice on special teams covering a kickoff. And he ran like, like I feel like he did two laps of the field and then tackled the guy. And like, it was just an incredible play. And then he proceeded to intercept the ball twice and run one back for a pick six. It true freshman. He's going to be incredible. Uh, another person. I don't think we've often gotten questions from Rightward therapist. Um, who's got a old man? I gotta zoom this this profile picture because it looks like a. <laughs> it's pretty great, whatever it is. Um, it looks like uh, for Sigmund Freud or something. It's really good. Um, uh, oh, he says he's in psychology, so maybe. Um, he gets an interesting question. He says, "Is Purdue football a program with good bones that good coaches, such as Mollenkopf, Young, Tiller, Brom?" bring the best out of or a bad program that's dependent upon good coaches to make magic. I think it's like, like life it's somewhere in between, but I think honestly, Purdue football, if you believe the old adage about you are what your record says you are, Purdue football is not a very good program and has highs at key times. Every decade or two, there's a, there's a peak and maybe that means they're not a bad program. I think they're over a 500 program overall, but they've had a lot of bad football in there. And I think it takes a really good, strong coach to 
make them good. You're not going to have a Paul Christ stumble in and win six, seven, eight games in a row. Is what I'm saying. You know, I I think the proof that Purdue doesn't have bad bones is that Brom came in here and is winning instantly after what might be the worst four year stretch of Purdue's football. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so the you know and that might also be that Brom is so much better than even we think. Yeah. I think um, it's more that, but yes. But you know, there was some talent on the roster. And a coach like Brom was drawn to Purdue. Now, I think it would have been a really desperate situation had Purdue been in the Big Ten East, like had Purdue and Indiana switched conference or uh, uh, divisions, because the Big Ten East, I think the big, being in the Big Ten West gives you an opportunity to sell to good coaches. Hey, we're in a good recruiting area to get the not Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan players, maybe pluck one or two away, but get that tier right below them. Um, you are in the Big Ten, you get Big Ten money, and you're in the Big Ten West, so you do have a clear path to, you know, a theoretical path to the champ- Big Ten championship game that does not include Penn State, you know, Michigan, or Ohio State. So... I think all of these things make uh, Purdue, you know, a better um, a better job than than most middling teams. You know. Yeah, that's fair. And I I think that there are more good seasons than bad, but a lot of that is also relying on like pre nineteen sixty uh, whatever right. nineteen seventy history. Right. You know, um, since then it's really been um, you know Tiller. Right, it's been Tiller and Brom, and uh, there have been a few uh, in the in the late seventies, early eighties. There were there were some good seasons, but then it got dry after that. Aside from Tiller's peak years, it yeah. was pretty dark for a long time. I mean, you know, there was that late seventies peak. There was the nineties peak and nineties two thousands peak, and that's it. Yeah, and then now I wouldn't even say it's become a peak yet. I mean, it's exciting again. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. Next year, Back we'll talk really about next yeah. year. Yeah. It's going to be, ooh, next year is going to be fun. Get these guys healthy. Get these recruits in. Look at that schedule. Oh, man. Um, so I have to ask you a basketball question because, um, and somehow I lost it. Oh, Kevin Spry says, <laughs> he puts basketball, colon. I guess he wanted to make sure we knew what he was talking about. He says, uh, Boilers down two with 90 seconds left. Opposing team crowd is loud. Make or break time. Who takes the shot to tie or lead? Purdue's down how many? Two. See, I mean, in my head, it's actually Sasha. Really? Um, Yeah, I think he's the best shooter on the team right now. Um, But, uh, you know, some of those freshman kids could, could... step up i'm high on this in next year's class like i i think we're bringing in some really good dudes so um but right now like the best the the best proven shooter on the team is is sasha so wow not gonna dump a download of the i mean if if you're going for if you're going for the win you gotta go for the win you know what i mean shoot threes at purdue come on now um so i think our last question of the night uh, is going to be one that we, like I said, we may need to bring Boiler Dad in for this because I think he may have opinions on this. Brad Ebon again says, "Well, hey, Boiler Dad doesn't have opinions." No, he's very mild mannered. 
Um, he's on vacation, by the way. Those of you, I don't, I don't want anyone to worry about him. He's not on, not because of illness or anything, because um, he's off on yet another one of his junkets. Um, the only guy I know who, like, you, you know, everybody has that friend who's like, you know, oh yeah, work. I don't know, a little bit of a downturn. Things are a little tight. I'm off on vacation again, though. Let me go to my, let me go to my beach house in South Carolina. And he's always, he's always got work. He's always got work. And everybody is like, like trying to hire him. So it's like, eh, you're, you're dowdy. You're good. It's fine. I don't know if he took his Mercedes or his Acura to South Carolina. Tighten that belt. Tighten that belt. Um, But uh, Brad asks, says, I actually don't know if you guys have ever discussed this. Oh, Oh, we've discussed this. Perhaps not on air though. What are your thoughts on paying players? And do you think it would benefit Purdue or not? So where should we start, Nate? Pay them more than they're paid, you mean? Is that what you, you think that's what it is? <laughs> yeah, but, what they're paid. but if you pay them, it's going to be – there's no more parody in college sports, right. Jay Money. There's no more – the parody that currently exists won't exist. Wait, hold on. As I press my ear, I'm dramatically in this visual medium – that is, I'm being informed that the same teams win college football every single year. The same teams win in basketball every single – the conferences in basketball and get the one seeds every single year. You're saying it's like marijuana. Just just, just make it legal. Just do – everyone's tax doing it. it. Just... Sure, tax it and get that sweet, sweet tax revenue, and that's good. Oh, don't just <laughs> – yeah, yeah. Yes, they should be. Yeah, of course. It's they're they're they are made. They are the reason that these universities make millions of dollars, and the coaches' salaries are getting ridiculous. And the reason is because they don't have to pay the players for it. They don't have to. There is no other lab, source of labor that they have to pay. And if you complain out of one end of your mouth that the coach's salaries, you know, uh, Coach Krzyzewski makes $10 million, in excess of $10 million a year, and that's getting out of hand to you. If you think a lot of these co- college football buyouts, coaching buyouts, are getting out of hand to you, the reason, economically, is because they don't have to spend on anything else. All they have to do is spend on the coaching staff. So it's like, and will the best players always go to Alabama and Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and, uh, you know, Texas and all of them? Yes, they already do that. So it's not really going to change that much. Except it becomes a professional league, which I think is what people maybe don't What like does that mean, it. though? <clears throat> like, I don't understand that. It becomes a professional league. I, I don't get that. Like, what, a, what, what are you complaining? Just, but what what's the what's the core of the complaint? It, re- it removes the purity of amateur <laughs> athletics. In me. I can't believe you said that with a straight face. I did it pretty you well. Were great, you almost had it. You cracked only halfway through. Uh... Yes, they should because it's the right thing to do, and you cannot be a capitalist in everything else except for college sports. These players. And like there is a you, so on one hand, there is an infrastructure that's set for them to get a lot of exposure and to gain um, and for this money to be made. So I'm not saying take all of the money and shuttle it to players, but you cannot convince me that the players don't deserve 
zero income. This is income in addition to uh, tuition and whatever. Why but you put it in quotes? It's a real because thing. it's you're not paying tuition. It is a privilege that Carson Edwards was able to come to Purdue. Not it was not a privilege for Carson Edwards to pay nothing to go to Purdue. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, that tuition waiver for these for these majors who are talking about football and basketball, men's football, men's football, <laughs> football, <laughs> men's basketball. Um, yeah, you got to pay women's football too, and you should I know pay men's right. football. You got to pay right. women. But yes, you if they generate revenue, yes. If ah, they, that's, if I was going to ask you that. How do you deal with that? And your answer is if they generate revenue. Okay. Sure. That, and, that is and, for, and for all of the other sports, you can make it the grad school model, the engineering grad school model, which is you give them a tuition waiver and a stipend, which is based on their market. Um, and it's a stipend now, in all seriousness. I thought they, they get it's not much. It like it's not to the level of, um, yeah, it's not much. And so, like, if you're if you're concerned about non-revenue sports, then we can come up with something like that. You. But you, there is a there is a solution for that. You know what I mean? It's not to not pay anybody. And so that's the thing. What do you think? I think that I don't know. And so you've made a point before. Like, I, I, one of the first things I think of is I don't know how you do this. I don't know. And your point has always been, well, that's not a reason not to do it. But it's also not reasonable to say, well, whatever, I don't know, pay him something. Like, that's not an answer either. Like, I don't know what the solution is that's, you know, okay, pay him, pay, pay each basketball player at Purdue, just to pull a program out of the air, $35,000, $50,000, whatever it is, right? Well, so, for, the, so the graduate but, stipend, so, let's, so, so, let, so the graduate stipend, that's, that's already there. So the graduate school engineering stipend is like something at this point, I think around $24,000. Yeah, but that's, but, but, but okay. Let's say you did that. Let's just say, okay, we're going to follow this model. We'll give everyone of you $24,000. The next day, tons and tons of people would be saying, that's insulting. We just talked about the fact that these guys generate millions and millions of dollars. And no, 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 no. This is on the head. It's insulting. This is, this is for all of the sports. Every Purdue athlete gets the, who's on scholarship gets oh, you're this. Suggesting. Yeah. Okay. Who get gets this baseline? So you're asking a system to do it. Everybody gets the graduate school baseline, the gra engineering graduate school baseline, which okay. is for okay. Purdue's market twenty four thousand dollars tuition waiver and you know that's good life is great mm -hmm. um that is great in college uh for the players that generate revenue whether that is women's basketball in certain markets uh volleyball in certain markets and certainly in every market men's basketball and football you get more to to and you there is a calculation where you can put it to what based on what the revenue of the school is you know what the it's like in basketball they call it basketball related income right it's like you get a percentage of the revenue that's generated there are easy ways that economists have solved harder problems is all i'm saying you know there is a way that we can do this and, okay and make money off of your likeness well that's what i was going to say when you so, so, so I don't understand that, that, <laughs> that should have been done a long time ago and it should be done right now, whether you figure out the paying players part or not, 
it, there's no way that guys should not be allowed to. And, and if you want to, you want to, um, I don't know what the word is, right? Avoid something nefarious or, or kids maybe being taken advantage of in a way to say, like, if you want to add some regulation around, okay, can, does, can a kid sign autographs for two hours to make money, you know, to be paid to do it? Yes, but let's also be careful to make sure there's not somebody putting them up to it and then keeping all of that, right? Like, you do need some regulation around it because you will have kids taken advantage of. Um, but, but I, yeah, I, I don't, if you want to sell their jerseys, then you can sell jerseys with their names on it. Yeah. Oh, I would love a Moore jersey. I would right? love a Edwards jersey. I'd right. love, I mean, come on. Let them have a cut of that. Say, we're, we're making this because of you. Here you go. I, I agree with that fully. There, there's no, and I mean, the argument that's that's more convincing, I think, is you and I could have jobs in college yeah, and didn't have jobs. Yeah. And they're not allowed to, I don't think, most nope. of the time. No, nope, uh, never. That is You're their not, job. You lose, you lose a scholarship if right. you have a job. That is their job. So it's you know, insane. That'll lead to corruption, though. No show jobs. I don't know what you can do about that because they're already corruption. So I don't care about no show jobs. Pay them. If a, <laughs> if, if a uh, car dealership, Wants to say, hey, appear in my commercial once and you will get a million dollars. Fine. But it's your million dollars you're burning. I mean, like, this is capitalism, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is how it works. Oh, that's so, that. I'm, I'm all for that. That's so that's likeness. That's so set the market and do that kind of stuff. I'm fine with not being able to have another job if you are being able to be paid for this one. So, yeah, that's it doesn't make much sense. None of the arguments for it make much or against it make much sense to me. You don't think Boyle has an opinion on that, do you? No, Dowd agrees entirely. Dowd agreed entirely with all of the opinions that were stated on this podcast. (laughs) And we don't need to consult him uh, on the next podcast. (laughs) So before we go, um, Purdue, Iowa. How are you feeling? I feel oddly good because it's <laughs> Iowa and because they looked great against Maryland. Um, I felt bad going into Maryland. Right. And so what I will do is pick Iowa to get their first win over Jeff Brown. I'm not sure I followed how you arrived there, but I guess... Uh... It's, like I'm trying to reverse You know psychology. what I think is fun? You know, the, the, we all know that... I mean, I wrote about it last year right before the Ohio State game, about how weird stuff happens when Purdue and Ohio State play. I did a whole post about it, and a few days later, the Tyler Trent Ohio State game happens, right? And Ohio State fans for years have acknowledged that to us. Other blogs have, have said, yeah, yeah, we have no mm-hmm. idea what's going to ever happen, and that's terrifying because it doesn't matter it's whether Purdue's good or bad. one of those weird things. It's it doesn't just... matter whether they're good or not. In fact, it's actually more terrifying when they're not good. And now I think Brom is developing a culture and a program where I think a lot of big 10 teams now look at Purdue like that, like, like oh, a wounded animal, right? yeah, you know, yeah. Well, well, the Maryland game, yeah. like Purdue was a wounded animal. As you said, that's a game Maryland's looking at thinking, man, we really should get this. We'd be four and two and they get just smoked. And they're now a program that can do that. So the pieces are kind of in place. You need a little more. He's still recruiting, right? You need a little more depth. Right, so that you can survive injuries. Meet you want the offensive lines. Just yeah. feed the boys some seventy-five, twenty-five burgers, please. <laughs> yeah, if you guys need any tips on getting fatter, we're we're here. We got right. it. We're here. Um, I do still fit into some of my 
Martin Vintage t-shirts, though. Ooh, they're nice and soft. And it's getting a little chilly here in Pittsburgh. I don't know about oh, yeah. uh, in, in uh, Jersey if it's if it's getting a little chilly. It is. It's a great undercoat. Just a great base just layer. A great base layer. It's perfect. MartinVintage.com. If you want to get 20% off, Jay Money, what do you do? You enter boiled at checkout, and you will get 20% off your entire order. The whole order. The whole entire order. 20% off. Uh, come on. Help us out. Put our kids through college. That's right. The, the, cu- the kickbacks are massive, clearly. Oh, it's huge. <laughs> it's huge. All right. Uh, what, are you, what are you feeling? What are you feeling about Iowa? I'm just the host. No one cares about my opinion. Um I think it's I want to be cocky and positive and rub their noses in it, but it just feels like this is a reality check. Yeah, I mean side. how 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 many rabbits out of the hat is Brom gonna pull against Iowa? It's not November, so you know, yeah. that's when that nonsense usually happens. Yeah. Um I will but but this is a fun one to be able to say in all truth, like would I be shocked? Purdue goes out there and plays another great I wouldn't game. Be stunned. I, no. 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 And I also think, as I was saying before about being in programs heads, if Purdue gets off to a start like they did against Maryland, where it's 14 nothing in no time, or yeah, against Iowa, you're gonna that's gonna affect them because mm-hmm. it's gonna be like, Rick, here we go again. Mm-hmm. So um it's at Kinnick. That's that's a little Worrisome. Although, is it though? Because Danny Hope won at Kinnick. So, I mean. Danny Hope did weird things. I don't know how to judge the Danny Hope era. I'm just saying, Purdue is not afraid of Kinnick. That's one thing you can say. It's not the big house. It's not the shoe. It's it's not Madison. I shouldn't say the shoe. I'm not really worried about that. Um, So, I don't know. I I think I'm with you. I think I'd probably say Purdue's likely to not win this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's the spread on it? Do we know? Do you have it? Do we have the technology? Do we have the technology to do that? So Purdue is a, oh, good Lord. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 17 and a half points. 17 and a half points. I think I knew that. It was somewhere lodged in my brain. Um, to ESPN, what they have up here. They, Purdue's a plus 850. Hold on. Let me get my sports betting app. Purdue up. is plus, plus 850. That's right. So uh, I think Purdue covers the spread, but loses. Um, I think loses by 14 is about right. It's tempting to bet on Purdue at plus eight fifty. I just throw you know a couple thousand dollars down. What is what's it to you? It's fine. Uh, it's not like I mean like you know the thing is, Iowa is coming off of two back to back weeks playing Michigan and Penn State, mm-hmm. and so their offense was held to low scores where they had been scoring a lot earlier in the season. Um, who knows? Like I, where? But the thing is, they were scoring against uh, Middle Tennessee State. It appears to be uh, Rutgers and Miami of Ohio. So like, it's just like it's just like um, Maryland, a better version of Maryland, obviously. But like, it, we don't have. They're only like a test against a middle tier team, not middle tier team, but not awful, not elite your team is Iowa State and that was an 18 to 17 so do I feel good about Purdue covering a 17 and a half point spread against that uh, inconsistent offense yeah sure why not yeah they're plus 660 on FanDuel it's time still tempting to, yeah 
I mean, you know. Yeah. Wow. 17 and a half. That's a lot. That's, That's a lot much. of points. That is way too much. I it's agree. Too much. And with the over under at like 50, it's 48 like, and a half. It's just, weird. It's a weirdly low over under for that big of a spread. They're, they're predicting an Iowa blowout, and I don't see that. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Iowa's really good, but. Um, yeah, I think, but you know, you know, they got the same conference record as Purdue, so yeah, for whatever that's worth. Well, we'll see you on the other side of it then. Yes, you've been listening to the Boiled Sports Handsome Hour. Is it my line? <laughs> I love you guys. Good night. <laughs>